Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Kayla Teal. And we are so happy to be with you here in the month of November. And uh, yeah, just really just really feeling the chill, feeling things getting a little darker. Mm. Um, but we're, we're creeping towards uh, more warm times. Um, next week is creeping up on the Thanksgiving holiday, which is not one of my favorite holidays for the history of it, but I really like the food of the holiday. <laughs> yes, the history of the holiday is fucked, but we love the food. I am just a big eater when it comes, especially <laughs> um, when it comes to drenching everything in a gravy sauce. Um, <laughs> I love I actually am not a I'm not a big eater. That's funny I say that, but I'm a picky eater. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. I'm a real picky eater. But Thanksgiving foods, I pretty much love them all. Even the veggies. I love the bean casserole. I love the Brussels sprouts. But my favorite item is something my great aunt made for me, and it's a Frito salad. Oh, what? Made with chili. Yeah, chili cheese Fritos, mayonnaise canned corn a little diced onion a little bell pepper i know you're making that face phoebe sorry i heard the mayo i heard the mayo it, it it's what makes it into salady goodness you need it and it's it's just more of a binder than anything um yeah i know i made the same face phoebe I'll try and then it. i ate it i trust and you it's amazing wait so chili cheese fritos yes. corn yes mayo Little diced onion, bell peppers, or whatever kind you want to throw in there. You can really pizzazz it up, but it is the most like, I it was like just an addictive like, and I don't know why it's called salad because there's nothing really salad about it. Well, that reminds me of one time I had like chili. Someone made chili and then poured it into like a Frito, like the small oh, that's Frito, a Frito pie chip bag. Yeah, it's a Frito pie. Okay. The origin of the Frito pie is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. I did not know that. And I got very excited because the five and dime on the plaza in Santa Fe has like the OG Frito pie. You go back there. It used to be like $4. Now I think you have to pay eight or nine. And they just slop some chili in a bag of Fritos, mm. a little diced onion, a little cheese, a little lettuce. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I love it. It's vegetarian. It's gluten-free, Kayla. It's well, pretty sure it's gluten-free. Corn chips are gluten-free, right? Oh, your or your your sat your Frito salad. My Frito salad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, does anyone else have any wild, wacky Thanksgiving foods that they're into? Wild and wacky? No, I miss the bakery I used to work at until the shutdown, lockdown, lost me my job. Had brioche dinner rolls. Oh my gosh, they were so good. They were dangerously good. Like I would. We'd have so many extras that were going to expire that, like, for the whole week leading up to Thanksgiving, I'd be able to bring them home. And then I'd be like, oh, I just ate, like, four brioche rolls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Classic. I'm big on stuffing. I love mm. stuffing. And mm -hmm. Trader Joe's has the best gluten-free stuffing, I think. 
And sometimes... Is it corn? Is it like cornbread based or what? Sort of. I don't remember what's in the bread, but it's delicious. Yum. I feel like no matter what Thanksgiving food I'm eating, because I didn't really have like family Thanksgivings growing up, we ended up at other people's Thanksgivings a lot. Um, but the one thing that's consistent since the time that I started smoking weed is that classic pre-dinner walk around the block. Yes. Toke up a little bit, step outside, and get ready to get down. I love that. Gotta get up to get down. And I also like the post-dinner walk, too, when you're so full and you're just kind of Mm -hmm. doing the shuffle outside to get your (laughs) post-dinner smoke in. Yeah, that's what my family always did. We'd, like, all go on a big walk after we ate before, and then we'd go back and eat the pie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Of course. And I am a huge pie person. If someone asks me cake versus pie, oh, it's pie all the way. I agree with that. (laughs) And for my birthday, I'm a pie person. Get me lemon meringue, mile high meringue pie. What's mile, mile, mile high? What's mile high? You know, the highest meringue that you can get. Okay. Smile like, high I if like... I was having sex on an airplane. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like having... I guess you have to put club at the end for that, though. Is anyone yeah, here in the mile high club? No. Not I. <laughs> nope. Never had the desire to get it on in a steel tube of 13,000 feet in the air. That doesn't appeal to me. The worst I've done is in a library. (laughs) (laughs) Worst? The worst. The worst I've done. I don't want to say mine. I don't want to say my worst. (laughs) I don't want to say my worst. My worst? Park bench? Uh, But we... (laughs) (laughs) Park bench. (laughs) (laughs) But we do know that Stephanie will be part of the Mile High Meringue Club. Oh at yeah, any, in my mouth. At any point. Oh, so we'll have to remember that. Mouth. Remember that for next cancer season, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but now I think it's time that we transition into So to start out this weed in the news, before Kayla dives into the articles, I wanted to preface it by saying this is Native American Heritage Month. And just like we acknowledged before that Thanksgiving is very problematic, we would like to acknowledge Native American heritage and given a land acknowledgement first. Um, in Santa Fe, I am on the ancient land of Ogapoge. And in Seattle, I believe it's the Duwamish territory. Correct. So mm-hmm. wanted to say that. And um, in the Seattle suburbs where I am currently, oh. uh, I'm on Stillaguamish land. So we wanted to have a weed in the news centered around developments in Native American relations to cannabis in the United States, but wanted to say that obviously Native Americans are not monolithic. Uh, There's huge differences across the over 300 tribes and pueblos, uh, various reservations across the country, and 
we as white people can't really speak to all of the nuances of the topic. However, we did want to bring attention to some of this history and changes that have been happening lately and also encourage everyone during this month to not only, uh, you know, seek out education from Native authors and creators, but also go find some Native art to experience and also find ways to support Indigenous communities and Indigenous futures. Um, There's a website that I found called honornativelandtax.org that tells you how to calculate based on what you have, how much you could be giving back to the native tribes um, in your area. So yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to say up top before Kayla tells us a little bit of Weed in the News. Sure thing, Grace. Thank you. And uh, if you're at home and you're wondering what native land am I on, you can find that out at native-land.ca. Thanks, Canada. Thanks, Canada. <laughs> for 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 so that one things. thing. Not not thanks, oh. Canada, for everything. <laughs> well, I can thank Canada for a lot of things, namely Shit's <laughs> Creek and Letterkenny, two of my favorite sitcoms. Moving on. I'm glad that we chose this as a topic because I didn't know anything about cannabis and native tribes, kind of what the history with the laws are. Um, the first article I have is from Native Business Magazine, and the title is Washington Tribes Leverage the Cannabis Economy. And I thought I'd start in our home state of Washington. Washington State led the nation in 2015 in developing a legal framework for cannabis sales on tribal lands. Home to 29 federally recognized tribes, at least six tribes in Washington currently run seven cannabis retail operations, including the Squaxin Island Tribe, Suquamish Tribe, Pialup Tribe, Port Gamble, Seclalem Tribe, Muckleshoot Tribe, and Tulalip Tribes. The Suquamish Tribe became the first tribe to legalize cannabis in the United States, signing the first wow. ever cannabis compact with Washington State in November 2015. The tribe debuted a gate dreams... Agate Dreams? What's that rock? How do you say that rock? I think Agate. it's Agate. Agate Dreams in December 2015, the second marijuana store to open on a reservation in the state of Washington. The Squaxin Island tribe beat the Suquamish to the punch, opening Elevation in November 2015. So how cool is that? First uh, tribes to ever open their own dispensaries was right in our backyard. That is very cool. And one, uh, one tribe, the Muckleshoot tribe in 2018, became the first cannabis retailer to have a drive through window. Ooh. Isn't that fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. That was awesome. That was really interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought it was cool that, you know, our local tribes and our state government were the first of any state to figure out that relationship and what that means. And it's went a lot smoother than it has in other places. For example, this next article is about California and how they're having a hard time figuring out how to make this work. This is from LagunaTreatment.com, which I think is an addiction treatment center. Uh, I thought this article was really interesting. The title is, Are Native American Tribes at Odds with State Marijuana Regulations? 
It's one more problem in a long line of complications as California attempts to set up a legal marijuana industry and marketplace across the state. American Indian tribes feel they have not been included in the plan to create a legal marketplace, and as a result, they're suggesting they would be better off creating their own grow distribution and sales system outside of the state-regulated system. The problem? While current law does not specifically bar American Indians from taking part in the marijuana industry, tribes are concerned that complying and engaging with these laws would strip them of their authority over their land and their rights to self-governance. Mark Leviton uh, uh, is a tribal attorney. He said... They have to give up their rights to act as governments with regard to cannabis. It is a complex puzzle. Not only is state law in direct violation of federal law on the matter of marijuana legalization, something we all know, but now there is a question of the taxation and self-governance issues that Native American tribes have in agreement with the federal government. Problematic for tribes is the language of an intent of new state laws regarding marijuana production and sales. For example, those who take part are expected to submit to all enforcement as well as include with their application for a license a waiver of sovereign immunity, something that currently protects tribal affairs from outside oversight. Mm. Yeah, that does sound complicated. Yeah. Damn. I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) or a lawmaker (laughs) or a lawmaker definitely not that but lawyers yeah i that'd be a hard job (laughs) especially if you're on the right fight on the right side of the fight i mean right and they're nervous right because it's not federally legal in this country and just like any other state that legalizes cannabis the federal government can technically come in and arrest you anytime Right. Is basically how yeah, it is. They don't and trust that it won't be used. As a weapon against them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And their mistrust yeah. is not misguided. So exactly. that is also an issue that's happening on the East Coast with in North Carolina with the Cherokee tribe. And this article is from a Cherokee news site called The One Feather. And this is very recent. Uh, the title is Council Passes Medical Marijuana Ordinance. After six years of wrangling with the issue, the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians is entering the world of medical cannabis. Tribal Council passed an ordinance during the regular session on Thursday, August 5th, that establishes law in the Cherokee Code for the regulation of the industry on EBCI tribal lands. Following passage, Wilson, a former tribal council representative who worked on the cannabis issue while in office, told the One Feather, Today's decision by tribal council to pass medical marijuana showcases the progression of leadership and forward vision thinking. I want to sincerely showcase my appreciation for council for their support in putting the tribe on a pathway towards real economical diversification, but also finally providing a solution toward the fight against opioids and giving our people relief without Mm. the worry of severe side effects or further addictions. Mm. Hell yeah. That's awesome. And then there's an attorney, the, a tribal member, an attorney that also expressed um, some concern. He said that he's been involved with the cannabis industry for some years now in consultation with other tribes and cautions the EBCI. I'm trying to find out why we are looking at the passing of an ordinance to authorize cannabis, which is illegal under federal law currently. If you Mm. open up a facility today and you give tribal members cannabis, the tribe, the members and the people who do it will be subject to arrest. This is an illegal action and nothing can change that currently. That kind of reminds me of the situation uh, in Navajo uh, country where they restated that 
marijuana is illegal and marijuana and cannabis is not allowed on the Navajo reservation anywhere. Um, they really doubled down on that. Yeah, I actually did find an article about the Navajo Nation in Arizona um, called Navajo Nation Clarifies the Legal Definition of Marijuana and Creates New Civil Forfeiture Provisions for Violators. So basically, the Navajo are not going to legalize cannabis. It sounds like they're relatively not for it. <laughs> well, they're definitely not for it. It's not passing. But um, they just made it so that if you are caught with weed, even a weed seed, you can have your land forfeited from you oh. by the tribe. And you can also have your job forfeited, etc. So all over the map, there's all sorts of different views on weed, just like, you know, in all societies everywhere. Um, there's some stigma. There's progress. And it's pretty cool that, that so much progress has been made right in our right in uh, the Seattle area. Yeah, it was in 2014 that the federal government put a non-interference policy that applies to the 326 recognized American Indian reservations. Um, but it sounds like it's still super super complicated across the board. I don't know. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you for absolutely. For Thank you all for that. your help in finding those articles. It'll be so interesting once the federal government legalizes and the ripple effect that will have all over the place, including in Native communities yeah. where, you know, they don't have to worry about yeah, the federal any... government coming in. and mm -hmm. Just it'll make everything less complicated with a thing that you don't want to have be complicated. Totally. And especially since it presents so many economic opportunities um, for anyone who's undertaking it. Uh, but yeah. Well, thanks for that, Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Yeah. Thank, Thank you for you, weed in the news. <laughs> and now I think it's time for a smoke break, eh? Hey. Time for a smoke break, eh? All right. We're back from our smoke break. I hope you guys are nice and toasted up. Uh... <laughs> Toasted <laughs> like a marshmallow. You're welcome, guys. What was that, Kayla? I know. Ready for butter? <laughs> oh, on the toast. I get yeah, it. Yeah, you're toast oh, ready for butter. I was thinking the witch cooking up Hansel and Gretel when <laughs> Kayla said that. So ready for the butter? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, crispy. Okay, back to I you, think... Steph. I think that's a great little intro <laughs> for my favorite segment, which is High Thoughts with Steph. High Thoughts with Stephanie. Do, 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 do. High Thoughts with Stephanie. Do, 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 do. Yeah, that's right. And I have a great high thought from Jess, and I'm going to go straight to their high thought. I really enjoy dancing, but usually kind of solo groove. Now to dance with a stranger, to have an instant chemistry with someone you've never met, that's pretty wild. Where you're moving in this almost magical plane with someone, and the feeling is so strong, it's almost like love. But when the song is done, you each go your separate ways. That's happened to me three times, which is really cool. The end. Rock on, badasses. Jess. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so Thank you, Jess. Thank you so much. 
I've had that happen to me a couple of times where you're on the dance floor and you're just feeling really good and you're just finding a groove and you lock eyes, just like just describes, you lock eyes with someone and it's just like, yes, yeah. It's um, the night at Roxbury. It's like, yes, yes, no, 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 yes, yes. But it's always, you know, it's, it's always, not, yes. It's always yes. <laughs> when you find that groove and you'll dance throughout the entire song. And once the song's over, the magic kind of dissipates and you're like, all right, I guess I'll go to the bar and get another drink. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. the it yeah. kind of, you just have that moment in time where you're both just vibing together. There was one time when I went to Evergreen College in Olympia and there was like an art weekend. I don't remember if it's called Art Fair. I should remember this, but a bunch of bands played. There's a bunch of there's a pet parade. There's just a lot Aww. going on. And I just remember one time walking around with some friends in the streets and there was a bunch of people that had put like big speakers up on their apartment window over the street and they started playing I assume they had been playing songs, and a lot of people had started dancing. This was the middle of the day, but Lionel Richie's All Night Long came on, and just a dance party started in the entire block. Like, everyone was dancing all together and singing along to the song, and it was very magical. And I'm sure I was had been doing all sorts of drugs and up the entire night before, and was very high, but it, it was a all very magical long. moment. Yeah, all night. All night. So that's not quite the same because it is very different when it's just like one other person. But that was the most like in a movie moment kind mm-hmm. of of my life. Just the whole everyone started dancing and everyone was into it. When I was in my early, early 20s, like maybe had just turned 21 or 22, I went to the then only gay bar in Santa Fe, Rouge Cats. Shout out Rouge Cat. And they had like a downstairs area with you know like a pole and and just constant dj it was so fun it felt like a different universe and that's when i was really into jameson so i had like several jameson and gingers and was grooving on the dance floor started dancing with this woman and it felt so good we were like clicking and jiving and we started making out And she was kind of implying, like, come home with me because they were closing the bar at this point. Of course. And there's nothing wrong with this. You know, in certain cases, I'm fine. Basically, we got out into the light and I realized that this woman was like in her mid 40s. (laughs) And that's fine. But I just it was not what I was expecting. (laughs) That's very fair. (laughs) um and uh yeah so I gave her my number before I realized what was going on and then in the morning she texted me and asked me if I wanted to go on a hike with her dog (laughs) and um I I politely declined but that's that's the power of dance right there I think (laughs) absolutely is one time I was dancing with this guy in Connecticut at, at a club and just imagine a club in Connecticut you look around everyone looks like they are the cast of the Jersey Shore (laughs) and I was dancing with this guy who was huge I believe Snooki would call him a gorilla (laughs) you know what I'm saying (laughs) so I was dancing I don't know is that offensive gorilla who I don't know gorillas (laughs) (laughs) Diane Fossey would have a problem with that 
To whom would it be offensive? Strong people? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's a gorilla, and I was dancing with him. And I, I might have told him my first name, and that's it. And the next day, I had a Facebook message from this guy who I only danced with to one song and may have slipped my first name. And I had a message that was like, hey, baby, remember me? Last <laughs> night was so fun. Hit me up. <laughs> Polly or whatever. <laughs> I thought you were going to say slipped him your tongue. Like Me too. And I might have slipped him my tongue. I don't remember if I did that. It could have happened. I don't know. Oh, boy. Well, thank you, Jess, for that rich vein. <laughs> awesome high thought. Um, I'm going to do this other high thought. But it's uh, awesome. I got sent a Snapchat high thought. So I'm going to play it for you. Okay. Oh, okay. We can see it. Um, you guys can see it, but listeners can hear it. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And this is, says, dear Stephanie, watch this cry emoji. Hope you're ha- well and happy. Love, Mace. Potatoes are people and people are potatoes. Because potatoes come in all different shapes and sizes, so do people. So they also come in like different varieties. So you got like baked potatoes, you got loaded potatoes, you got fucking French fries, you got chips. Like it's endless. <laughs> potatoes are everything. Okay, so different varieties, different shapes and sizes. Like people have different races and different ethnicities and all this other shit. So people are potatoes, and potatoes are people. So when I'm high, I'm a baked potato. Oh! (laughs) That was a great punchline. Yeah. That was very Uh, cute. I love the logic. Wait, did Mace actually record? Is that Mace talking? Yeah, I believe so. Oh my god. Love it. Let's ask Maze if we could put that on our social media. It is a very good question. Are people potatoes and are potatoes people? Um, I, what, what are our thoughts? I, I always like to make comparisons that shouldn't be compared to. We had a high thought a couple weeks ago about imagining a coral reef in a puddle. And like, anyway, I and <laughs> so I am, I like making comparisons to just all different sorts of things. And a potato totally works. And, yeah. and also, I would think I would be. Okay, yeah. I think this I'm is a potato. I think I'm a loaded potato skin. Oh, Ooh. good one. Ooh, potato skin. With the bacon and sour cream. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm like, but my guts have been scooped out and cooked and then mixed up and then shoved back into my skin. <laughs> and everyone's happy to see you on a special occasion. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I'm a baked, I'm, and I'm pretty sure I'm a baked potato which is part of being, you are all baked potatoes. <laughs> well, we're all baked potatoes, I guess. We're all baked potatoes. I want to be potato leek soup, but I don't I don't really have any reason that it fits my personality. <laughs> I just like potato leek soup. <laughs> also, sometimes potatoes look like they have faces, so maybe so they are. An- another <laughs> argument for potatoes being people. <laughs> I'm a fingerling potato. (laughs) (laughs) 
And oh my gosh, me and Phoebe were at Mexican food last night, and our oh, friend Jakiva yeah. had a I, I for, uh, an Idaho taco. Have you ever heard of an Idaho taco? What's an Idaho taco? Is that a potato taco? Yeah, it's basically it's a, it's the a... contents of the taco are on a potato, so it's like a taco loaded potato. Oh my god! It was. It looked really good. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. Yeah, Red Star Fremont, oh. shout out. I had loaded hash browns a couple weeks ago, but it was a Benedict. All the things you'd find in a Benedict shoved into some hash browns. Oh, shit. Oh, it was delicious. Holy potatoes. (laughs) Holy potatoes. (sighs) I think I would have to be potato chips. It just feels feels right to me. And they're baked, too. So. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. They're all baked. They're baked too. They're but just are you sliced. the one with? Wait, do you no. have? I'm not the I'm not the baked lays. I'm fried, man. <laughs> She's fucking I'm totally fried. Fr- I'm totally fried. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know if we were potatoes, what kind of potato people we would be. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, listeners, what kind of potato person are you? I would. Yeah. Like let to us know. know what potato do you feel. What is you, or just what's your favorite? All of them are okay answers. Well, thanks, Stephanie, for those great high thoughts. And if you're at home and you want to send more high thoughts, send them over to Stephanie mm-hmm. at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. Dear Stephanie. Yes. And it must say, hope you're happy and well. Everyone's <laughs> no, been changed. doing it. <laughs> oh, now, we're, now we're adding well to the end of it as well. <laughs> Hope you're doing well and good and fine and good. And we hope that you guys at home are doing well and good and fine and good. Yes. I get my enjoyment through others' happiness. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. To... And if you're listening to this right now, there's two nights left of the show Matchlorette that I am in that Kayla directed that's super that's right. good. I'm it's s- my most beloved show that I've done at least top three. It's top three most beloved shows I've ever done. And I'm so sorry we forgot to mention it at all before. There's only two shows left. But, uh, so get there tonight and tomorrow night. <laughs> Will you say quickly what it is? Yes, it is an improvised... Uh, it's an improvised season of The Bachelor. It's a parody of The Bachelor. Yeah, The Bachelorette. So. I've seen it and it is amazing. You can buy tickets at jetcityimprov.org, and the show is in the International District of Seattle at Theater Off Jackson at 8 p.m. So get your butties down there. I said butties. I guess I meant butts. Or just follow <laughs> us on social media, like on Instagram at Stoner Chicks Podcast. And on Twitter at Stoner Chicks Pod. <laughs> on TikTok at Broccoli Brobs. Our website, stonerchickspodcast.com, where you can join our newsletter where Grace sends you sexy clip art. And Stephanie sends you facts that aren't facts. Mm-hmm. And Phoebe might add something no someday. Yeah, maybe never I'll do know. We'll never know. <laughs> oh, you can mail us mail and Phoebe will get it and feel happy for a whole day. You can mail it to us at Stoner Chicks Podcast, P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Please and thank you. And that's all I can think of as far as the internet.
except our Patreon, which is patreon.com <laughs> slash stonerchicks. Right? Apparently, Steph wants Snapchats. <laughs> oh, that was Snapchats. awesome. Yeah, I've never gotten a snap before, so <laughs> that was cool. Send us your snaps. Send us your snaps. Uh, yeah, we have a whole other podcast on Patreon now, so if you want bonus st- uh, uh, episodes, you can get up to two bonus episodes of Summer Chicks a month. And we're so happy that you joined us. We're so uh, Ste- happy. We're so happy. Stephanie, what do stoner chicks always say? Clap back at the... Clap, clap. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks podcast. We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stonerchickspodcast. Stoner Chicks.